Wait, did you hear? <gasps> no. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This, this is Uncover Girl. Ivana, what? Where the hell you been, Loka? <laughs> I've been waiting so long to do that. Oh, uh, you killed me with that one. Did I get you? You killed me with that one. <laughs> I've actually been thinking a lot about that recently. The most insane line to have ever been written in movie history. We should become screenwriters so we can make something like that. I'm like, no, we support the strike. No, we Nobody's strike. writing a script right now. No, 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 no. But that line could not be punched up. You know who couldn't write that line? Who? Chat GPT. Oh, yeah, yeah, As yeah. As if. Oh, my God. Chat GPT is going to write, where the hell you been, Loka? No. They don't, they've never they don't even Loka. know. They don't know what that is. No. <laughs> how have you been, Loka? I, I, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't shake it. So how have you been? I've been so, I've been so good. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've had a productive week. Wait, is the line, where have you been, Loka? Wait. And I just said it wrong? Where have you been, Loka? Where the hell have you been, Loka? Where the hell have you been, Loka? Oh my god. Yeah. Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka? I hate that I misquoted that. No, that's what you said, isn't it? Oh, maybe. Oh, my. That's okay. That's your take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the... But I've been good, Loka. I feel very prepared. We said our pre-episode warm-up. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we'll get it out of the way now. Yeah. We're talking Kristen Stewart today. Oh, Twihards, come ye, come, come all. all. <laughs> Muse, Supermassive Black Hole, was on our hype up playlist agenda. Obviously, we both tried to do the Alice outstretched leg pointed toe into the baseball pitch move. We couldn't really figure out the physics of it. Yeah. Um, but I think we got close towards the end. Point the foot, kick it up, put it yeah. back down, switch in. Yes. But she body. makes it look so good. Oh so my God. graceful. I know. No, I know. Truly, no one was hotter in the history of cinema than these people in this film okay so were you a fan yeah yeah i was a fan okay i was a fan so was i so was i you read the books i presume if you could see us now we have our guns drawn <laughs> pointed at each other <laughs> who's gonna say who's, who's gonna, gonna say first what they did what they did what, for what did the... you do okay you would have been you would have been 12 which i think is a more acceptable age to be into to, it? To be chaotic with it. I remember my heart beating out of my chest. I was at my grandmother's in Toronto reading New Moon. And I just remember like my stomach on the floor weeping. Like I was so in. And I went to the midnight premiere of the movies with um, old elementary school friends. Yes. <laughs> because at the time I was in middle school and I was like, I'm going to go see these movies with my day ones. We camped out um, at the Irvine Spectrum Center in Irvine, Orange County. I was Team Jacob. Were you? I was. I found him hotter and I found him more fun. I just found him more fun. Yeah, he was. He was He was frisky. There was just like some laughter there. Yes, there was a lightness. Yeah. Edward was a very, friendship. yeah, like, very solemn. I don't know if you could call Edward and Bella friends, per se. I saw a psychologist talk about signs of a healthy relationship. Can I tell you? Yeah. Because say. I think it's very applicable to the Jacob, Edward, Bella. Oh my God. Break it down for Jacob us. Jacob. Triangle. When you ask why you love your partner or someone says, what do you love about them? And you say... 
I just like, we just have such incredible chemistry. Like we just, it's just such an amazing connection. There's such a vibe versus, oh my God, so dependable, like such a reliable person. I could always call them up if I'm in a jam. They are so caring. They're so kind. And that I think really summarizes the Jacob Bella versus Edward Bella connection, no? Yeah, no, totally. Because Edward so is the healthier like, one. The is healthier the Jacob. one is the Jacob, which is like, oh my god, what a good guy! He helped me rebuild this motorbike. Always here for me when my truck breaks down, mm-hmm. and he's so lovely. And we laugh and we share these good times. He's my best friend. Yeah. And there's Edward, which is like he's always in my room lurking yeah like we have this crazy connection where he wants to sort of eat me i do remember getting into some like quarrels with friends team jacob team edward being like he doesn't care about her in the way (laughs) and he left i remember that was a real sticking point for me of like say all you will he left yeah he made a decision and the virgo in me doesn't forget things like that no it makes sense i mean you've been in like what an eight-year relationship yeah no one's left nobody's left yeah nobody's left we choose every day is that the most extreme your twihard dedication became yeah i guess so okay i might okay go no i I think you do have me beat first of all i made Twilight and specifically Bella, my entire personality for the summer of 2009. Yeah. I started wearing hoodies, which if you know me or have seen <laughs> me in any capacity, just, just does not align with my sensibilities in any which way. And back then I was particularly girly and it really didn't, it didn't, didn't fit. I would go to movie theaters alone, not even just, not even to watch Twilight, to watch any movie by myself. I would wear Converse Chuck Taylors jeans in a hoodie in the middle of summer with my feet on the back of the movie theater seats looking lonely and mysterious because I just moved to town I hadn't (gasps) moved town I was grown up I'd live there (laughs) this is what I was trying to portray obviously that's not the worst of it Ivana oh my god the thing is that we keep coming back to this the fact that you are you know you're American you're North American you really had a proximity to culture in a way that I did not. Yeah. But there was obviously in me an obsession with Americana through these texts, right? Through these materials, like a, like a Twilight. I utilized the internet and went on white pages and looked up every Stephanie Meyer that lived in either Colorado, Arizona, uh, just the, the, the states that she'd been associated with. I don't know where I got this research from. I started cold calling people. <gasps> Oh, to try and find her to get this to only find her address and write her a fan letter. So I would wait to hear like a woman's voice on the other line. I was buying international calling cards. Keep in mind, this is a landline in New Zealand. I wasn't using a cell phone. I am mortified admitting this out loud. This is one of the things where you see it on podcasts all the time where they go, okay, tell us something no one knows about you. And it's a really hard question, especially for me, because I tell everyone absolutely everything i have (laughs) no filter no boundaries i have never ever in my life said this out loud that this is what i used to do my heart could not be bigger at 14 like that is almost adulthood no it's not almost adulthood 14 is one year away from 13 which (laughs) you would not look at a 13 year old and go that's a man that's a woman like how many did you call if you had to estimate how many seconds at least like it would have been like 25 i couldn't believe so many people had her name like i was shocked that so many people in america a country of what 300 million at the time (laughs) would have the name stephanie meyer so you never found her 
No, I never found her. Oh my god! But I did post a letter. I don't think I ever heard back. Well, I know, I know, because otherwise my life would have been changed. I'm sure. That's so true. By the time I think Eclipse hit, mm-hmm. I might have been over it. Oh, when the Eclipse out. movie came out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was like, okay, I've I've grown up. I'm past this. But that is to say, now I am a writer. I do close to what Stephanie Meyer does. So you might say that it was vaguely inspirational, that period of my life. I do think it was. I am completely moved. I don't think it's embarrassing at all. I think it shows your grit and your drive. What inspires you at the moment, Ivana? Oh my God. That's not Twilight related. That's not Twilight related. It's nothing. (laughs) I'm like, it's all there. I feel like I've mentioned it, but that I am back into hosting mode. I kicked it off this weekend with like a just very casual little happy hour but i fried halloumi oh it's a complete hack and it makes you seem like a michelin star chef yeah i I just put some basil leaves over top and i was like i've actually i've never been this good i've never done so well i just feel like i'm coming back to the home i love the domestication of ivana i've been out of the home for a while any chance i get i'm like off and away you have trouble saying no I have trouble saying no and Mm. I feel like before now every time you're calling me and I'm cooking but before I would be like I'm driving sorry I'm driving I'm driving yeah yeah your Tuesday night events I was like we can't be doing this on a Tuesday you crazy girl I know I have trouble saying no but I'm trying to be discerning so yeah I think domestic life is inspiring me and I look forward to seeing what will come of it you're doing a lot for women I know (laughs) I'm like women should be at home they have no business out yeah. of the house. Ankles are out. I'm like, I like long, long skirts to the floor. <laughs> What's inspiring you? I have the absolute opposite inspiration, which tends to be the way that this thing goes. It's so true. It's so true. You know that I I love the club. I was thinking about it and I think I've met all my flings, any romantic relationship I've met at the club. Wow. Like on the dance floor. Oh my God. I don't even think in the bar section. Your life is a movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's just where I do my best work. The lights are low. It's hard to see. It all seems good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But I've been feeling recently and I've expressed this to you. I feel at a period of my life that I'm in transition. I'm in between. I'm 28 years old and I have an incredible array of friends, many of whom would go to dinner at a drop of a dime, you know, happy to go on a hike or maybe the beach or I don't know. But friends that will go to the club, they're few and far between. I have friends that would do a rave. Mm-hmm. every two months or emerge from their cocoon of bliss with their partner for a music festival once or twice a year. But do I have friends that are open to just going to the club on a random weekend for a bit of a dance? This has been troubling me. So last week on a complete whim, I text a group chat and I said, I want to go to Vegas this date. Would anyone like to come? No one replied. In the oh my true Scorpio form, I thought, you're all dead to me. Yeah, blocking, this. deleting every number on the Absolutely. group chat. Fast forward one day, I get a slew of texts. Multiple people have bought flights. <gasps> bought flights. Stop! Before even I bought flights. We're coming in at this time. We're leaving on this day. What do you think? Buying flights, done. And I thought... My God, this is what I've been missing. The spontaneity, oh. the fun, the freedom. That's so beautiful. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And that really inspired me. Yeah, are I you thought, kidding? I got to get out there. I got to dance. I'm young. Yeah. Now we know that 28 is the new 18. Yeah, it's so, it's so true. 30 it's is summer the new break. 21. I've never been to Vegas as an adult. I You get the promoters, you get the free drinks. Okay, I've heard going as a woman is like a charmed experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what makes up for years of oppression. <laughs> 
amazing no and i love it i love a tight little mini dress i'm not ashamed of it i want to dress like i'm on love island for the night anything goes it's like glam festival wear is the dress code so it's like imagine festival wear with heels and without the tassels and you've got Vegas. Vegas. Four couples. Eight of us. Wow. Isn't that crazy? From Denver, from San Diego, from LA. People just being like, yeah, name the day. I'm going to be there. Isn't that sick? No, that's perfect. I actually, I changed my inspiration (laughs) to the last minute plan. I want spontaneity. I I want someone to be like, hey, I'm walking by your house. Can I come up? I love a drop-in do you i do i it kind of does make me a little bit anxious but it's hard to put my finger on exactly what it is Mm -hmm. i think i hold myself to a high standard and knowing that the house might be in disarray Mm -hmm. but i think it would be good to shake me out of my bubble and my comfort zone yeah it's the drop-in but it's also what are you doing tomorrow night Mm -hmm. versus like what are you doing three weeks from now on a thursday let's do happy hour when did that become our lives we have a calendared scheduled brunch this weekend i know that's been on the books for weeks yeah when did we get to a point where we're putting brunches in the calendar i don't know it's weird it's so weird a return to spontaneity is on both of our minds I love to dance. Me too. Oh my God, me too. I know. I love it. We've had some very fun nights out dancing. I know. Me, you, and Chris. (laughs) It's always us three. I know. It's never Steven. I know. He's like out of town randomly. Yeah, Yeah, he was out of town both times. We... We I went. think we go back to Harlow, the club where Chris and I met. I agree. That's a great night. Oh my God, it was an incredible night. And just yeah. watching people just twerk. Yeah. I mean, I think Chris saw, and I can't quote him on this, but I'm almost positive he saw a man with his full hand down a woman's pants. Oh and my God. And I thought, God. when do we see that anymore? Oh, The good old days. Yeah. Healthy. It feels healthy yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was so shocked. I was like, oh my God, you'll never believe what I just saw. But I'm like, you know what? That is what the club is. And you just yeah. have to ride and rock with it. Like all of my wild stories happened in high school. Yeah. House parties, like no parents home for the summer kind of thing. God. It was like Project X sort of like house parties that lasted i never had the the goal to do that i don't know i was very afraid of getting in trouble and i never did um i don't think my parents are listening to this but i was my parents have been listened to an episode haven't no no, i don't know mine no yeah no No worries we live for ourselves don't we (laughs) i think my dad tried to listen to selena gomez and then was like i just don't really know who this girl is and i was like what a blissful existence i know you keep you keep on keeping on (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I really got all my kicks out very early. And then by the time I went to college, I was like at 18, like, whew, I'm just here to rest. Like, yes. I'm here to enjoy. My one regret, I think, is not being alive in the club era that was Black Eyed Peas, Kesha. Dude. Just like I got a feeling Oh era. my God. And I watched my sister live that at college oh. and fell. Just like a couple years behind. The bandage dress. Yes. You know? But I did, I did wear that. When I lived in Italy, the, the drinking age is, you know, seven. Yeah. And so you're not ID'd getting into any type of club. And I look back at those photos, I was like, oh my God, that is a that's a baby out of the womb yeah. in heels and a tight dress. But that was my first kiss in the club. In the first kiss in the club? Yeah, in Italy. Oh my 16. God, everything's happened in the club Everything for you. important has happened in the club. You should write a memoir. Actually, a book of essays. Crying in the club, a book of essays of all your experiences. Oh, 
Oh, oh, I am writing. This I'm like, proposal. we're actually gonna scrap that from the <laughs> podcast because you're gonna pitch that. Yes, no, incredible. You no. should absolutely write that. I would read that in an instant. It was just an incredible. You smoke on the dance floor. You just, you know, yeah. slapping the old, the old cigs back. Fifteen and a half. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's summer, baby. It's time. You're like, I love being in the home and making a nice casserole. <laughs> <laughs> put me in the club i know coming at this from such different angles i know again you're 26 almost 27 yeah and i'm 28 and i feel like in two years you will be where i am i think that's right i can't wait <laughs> until you join me <laughs> that'll be my 30th oh my god and my golden birthday 30th on the 30th 30 is your golden <gasps> i know isn't that oh wait god, aren't we gonna years. travel internationally for that i think we probably should i think we should yeah. i think we have to and also there's enough time now yeah. That like it's like the heads up. I feel like if you give everyone a heads up on your birthday this year, if you have a location in mind and you're mm. like in one year, we're all gonna be on the Amalfi Coast. Everyone can figure out how to make that happen. Yeah, and I think honestly, I don't see myself having a wedding for like seven, eight years. This, this is, is my your wedding. wedding. Yeah. yeah. Also, friends should just have trips together all the time. Of course, it's just gonna be whoever wants to whoever wants to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of getting older, because these girlies never get old. I know. In vampire term. <gasps> perfect. perfect. That's perfect. perfect. That's a perfect transition. We are revisiting the incredible era that was Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. You remember it. We were all there. It's June 2012. British GQ. The profile is titled Bloodlust. Wait, I have August 2014. Oh, yeah, it's it's misstated. Oh, yeah. my God, okay. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure why. And she's shooting Snow White and the Huntsman, very seminal film, a gothic tale. I watched Snow it. White. You watched it? I did. She no. makes a great Snow White. I know. <laughs> Hollywood said, we have no pale women. Can yeah. we get this one to do it all? And she did. She did. The deck reads, after four years as Twilight's blockbuster fantasy figure, Kristen Stewart is stepping out of the darkness. Here, the vampire bride opens her heart on fearing for her life in a Hollywood culture quake, sinking her teeth into Kerouac, as in Jack Kerouac, and saying ciao, Bella. I love that. It's a good, it's a good it's day. Good. It's a good it's one. It's fun. It's a good one. It's written by Jonathan Heath, who at the time I think was GQ's chief content officer. And he won like a slew of awards. I think he won the PPA Magazine Writer of the Year Award. And he also had a column that was turned into a podcast. I'm kind of obsessed by his recent bylines on British GQ. Oh, yeah. Read him out. He's got one about a luxury resort in the Maldives. Fun. And one about the new Range Rover, which means only one thing. He was gifted a Range Rover (laughs) and he took a vacation in the Maldives. And those were the only two things he was going to write about. And that's it. He was at that level where it's like, I'm just going to write what I need to, baby. And that's going to be about free stuff. Yeah. It's like we're living a lifestyle now. But he has written a lot of really prolific cover stories, including Ed Sheeran, Jamie Dornan, Tom Holland. He did all of those for GQ. Mm-hmm. And I really, I love the way he writes. He's, I love the way he writes. He's very loose. He's loose and he's free. And it almost seems totally unedited, like unfiltered. It's very poetic. It is. He outshines her quotes in his writing. It's super self-referential. And he says I a lot throughout the piece, but mm. it kind of always like serves. There's always kind of a reason and it makes sense. And better yet, he really gives her the Taylor Swift treatment where he paragraphs her quotes. Yeah. Like winds her up and she just goes and he gives her like six sentences per quote. It's insane. But before we get into that, okay, 
how do you feel about Kristen Stewart? How much do you know about Kristen Stewart? Here we go. Okay. So I feel very connected because Bella, Twilight, that era, I was so obsessed with her. It was such a formative time in our lives as well. Yeah. I was like looking at- adolescent. I remember reading a psychological like breakdown of why the music that we listen to when we're 13 and 14, like forever is encapsulated in like resin in that way. And it's because- the things that we were into at age like 12, 13, 14 in pre-adolescence were the first things we ever chose for ourselves. So it wasn't a book that was handed to you in class, you know, that everybody read whatever it was, like Island of the Blue Dolphins, or I'm trying to think of like Or read to you by your yeah. parents, right? Yeah. Exactly. Or music that your mom would play in the car. It was the first time you chose for yourself of like, I'm into this identity formation yes and it like forever sits in that place of like your brain where your brain is forming in that time it's like these things will always remain special to us and so in that way the first movie still gives me goosebumps in the same way it did when I first saw it and I wanted to be her I wanted to dress like her felt like it was such a glamorous time and it was very chic how she never spoke yes yes (laughs) and that was so not me and I to the image of you in the movie theater with the hood on like I so badly wanted to be mysterious and it just like that is just not who I am at all so it was so aspirational it's not who either of us are no also there was that coalescing but counterintuitive storyline where she was very quiet and strong and silent but very clumsy and yes. that was a big part of her character. And I, I've also loved her like evolution as a queer woman. I just think like I've heard also incredible things from people that have worked with her that she's just like the sweetest and so thoughtful and so nice. And I remember when she came out in like 2017 um, and I just think like for the heroine of one of the biggest franchises ever to come out as gay is like very big. I think that she's fabulous and... I I like her. I like her. She's lived a lot of life. She was born in 1990 in LA, and which makes her 33. Okay. My sister's age. Shout out, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the weekend's age, we've recently been discussing. And I almost thought, I don't know if you feel the same. I thought she was a beneficiary of nepotism for a really long time because her explosion was so big and so all-consuming. Like, she was everywhere all at once. And I thought she had a fast ticket into the industry. Yeah. She didn't. She actually had really blue-collar parents. Her mom, Jules, was a script supervisor. And her dad, John, was a stage manager. And her brother is also in in the industry, but as a grip. So it's Mm. the very kind of mid-level... It's not... You're not an executive producer. You're not a director. Regular schmegular jobs within Hollywood. Wow. Um, And she loves, like, she loves her parents. She actually says later in this profile that her parents always give her hell for how easy she's had this. I love that quote. I know. (laughs) And, like, her dad's just like, all you do is sing your trailer and, like, practice your lines and then out you go and lie for a living. And she's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, But she got her start co-starring at 11. At 11. Yeah. With Jodie Foster in the David Fincher thriller Panic Room. That was her first proper role. Mm -hmm. And then she went on to be in the well-received indie film Safety of Objects. She played like this tomboy daughter of a troubled single mother. And then she was also, I guess, concurrently auditioning for so many. And she says, fucking goddamn embarrassing parts, which was like the Nickelodeons of them all. Uh Because she was a child star. Like that's a child star. And then, like, here we go, Bella Swan in Twilight, and 
that was it. The our generation literally of Twihards basically launched her into a whole nother stratosphere. She came of age in this era where social media just happened to explode. Just a weird, really weird time for fame and celebrity. When Twilight first came out, how old was she? So at this it point in this profile, she was 22. She must have been... 2008. So she was 18? 18. Oh my God. Oh my Beautiful God. Beautiful to be 18 and with the facial structure and the... But she does look like a baby. Now when I watch Twilight, I'm like, oh, she looks really young. At the time I was like, this is a... And I think she did seem very young. You watch old interviews from that time. She's famous for being incredibly awkward and uncomfortable in the kind of the spotlight when it's turned on her in the way of she has to be herself essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really bled into the character of Bella in such a big way yeah. that she's famous for that very like, uh, I don't know, like scrunch my hair, like, uh, you know, yeah, that's her whole shtick. But let's get into it. Okay. okay. I'm excited. Ooh, I'm excited. This is one of the most, how do we put this? The strangest openings to a profile I think I've ever read. It feels like something out of like a literary journal more than it does like what follows is going to be a celebrity profile. For sure. And it really harks back to the days of Marlon Brando, The Duke and His Domain, written by Truman Capote, or Frank Sinatra has a called by Gay Tease, where it was the first wave of new journalism and they really introduced this idea of making profiles you know celebrity interviews super scenic like and voicey and voicey yeah that's i think yeah it was a chance for a writer to flex their creative muscles Mm -hmm. and oh my god this couldn't have been more of a flex if you even tried old jonathan heath is like i have complete freedom to do whatever i want and this really this really brings it home so it opens, Hollywood is a tough place to hide, especially when all around you seem willing to shop their own grandmother to be seen, heard, filmed, paid, and then seen, heard, filmed, paid, double to do the sequel in 3D with Jason Fleming playing the bad guy and Hans Zimmer mastering the score. Okay, first off, there's just so many references just in this one point. I know. But as any number of Audi R8 leasing LA agents would argue... If it's the gentle, quiet life you're after, then you should stay as far away from Hollywood as your pretty little green legs will carry you. Get out of the game. Go back to your pig-rearing half-cousins in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Go home. Have kids. Teach. Forget about your silly little movie star fairy tale. There's more of this. No, I think you should keep going. I, if you want to. Oh, my God. I, I, I can't read it all, but I will jump to here. Because he goes on for so long yeah, without even true. mentioning her name. I know. I, just, I can't even. I just. I won't give him the benefit of, of reading it all. But <laughs> we get into Kristen at this point. To be a star in Hollywood takes a lucky break. A reality TV show, a pit bull for an agent, redemption from addiction, several DUIs, a spectacular relapse, or at the very least, a generous slice of hard-fought nepotism. Funny. That's way ahead of its time. Yeah, it really is. All of it it is. Yes. 2012, we're talking about nepotism in Hollywood. To be a great actor, however, no matter how skeptical you might be about the industry, still takes talent. Thankfully, Kristen Stewart, her first entry point on paragraph five, (laughs) the beautiful 21-year-old of the Twilight franchise, is not from Albuquerque, has no cousins who rear pigs, who we're aware of, has never knowingly hopped off an agent's knee. Unless, of course, it was to reach his face with her fist. With three older brothers, the kid can look after herself. 
nor been anywhere near the industry rubbernecking mecca that is the infamous Chateau Maman. In short, other than her bank account, Forbes has her earnings listed along Julia Roberts earlier this year, who you might remember from the Gwyneth episode was the highest paid star of literally all time, like 20 million a movie. Yeah. In the 90s. In the 90s. Nuts. There's nothing remotely Hollywood about Kristen Stewart. And then wait, the caveat. Actually, that last bit isn't true. Kristen has been to the Chateau about a million and a half times. Dude, what? (laughs) Okay. I'm totally obsessed. (laughs) I love a voice. He has a strong voice. This is like honestly aspirational for me. Really? Yeah. I would love to write a profile like this. Maybe not five paragraphs until I probably wouldn't go this hog wild, but... This is like my favorite kind of thing to write when you're just like riffing and you've hit. Oh, he is scatting. Yeah. He's scat, 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 do in yeah. this in this intro. And it would never fly today because no. the attention deficit audiences that we're kind of confronting on a daily basis would not make it five paragraphs for a mention of Kristen Stewart. I mean, I've had profiles where I've, I've done two paragraphs before they, I introduce a quote from the talent and they're like, we need a quote further up. Yeah. We need to hook them quicker. This is outrageous. Yeah, it is. Also to say something like Kristen Stewart, the beautiful 21 year old star of the Twilight franchise has never been to the infamous Chateau Maman. Actually, she has been to the Chateau. What? I know. I know. It's kind of, it's like, it's fun. (laughs) And you and I have actually been to the Chateau. We have been to the Chateau. Yeah. How would you describe it? It's definitely like there are his, there is history in the walls. Yeah, you can feel it. You really can. It's radiating. It is radiating. There is like a real energy to the place. But I was also surprised. I thought it was because rooms are what, like a thousand a night or something bananas, mm-hmm. like $800 a night. And they're like little apartments, which is how, you know, Lana Del Rey and Father John Misty and many other stars. Lindsay the Lohan. Time, yeah. Is. Like lived in them, lived in the chateau. It's a tiny, tiny little kitchen. Yeah. A little, di- like a little dining area. All carpeted. All carpeted. A living room. There's like a little liquor cabinet and then there's a bedroom with like a full length mirror. Yeah. It kind of looks like what might be a starter one bedroom. Yeah. For a lot of people. Totally. Totally. But... I don't know. It was homey, but Super not homey. glamorous. But from the outside, it's weird because it doesn't look like an apartment building. It looks like a hotel when you walk through the corridors. Yeah. Like you're seeing the doors with the numbers. But then when you enter, it is living rooms and things. Yeah. It's not a suite. It's not a hotel room and it's not a studio apartment. It's like a hybrid of all these things. But if I was offered a chance to like stay in one for free for a month as like a little writer's residency, I feel like I would probably... Right. The best work of my life. Oh, I'm sure. It is a place that inspires when you're on the grounds. To circle all the way back, you just feel so close to culture. Yeah. Eating, sleeping, breathing it. I love old Hollywood stuff. I I know know it's cheesy to live in LA and be like, isn't old Hollywood amazing? But it is amazing. I just like driving here to your house. I go down Rossmore, which is like, it's just a really beautiful old, like the buildings, especially in Hollywood are It's like where starlets used to be posted up on breaks when they were making movies at the Paramount lot. I just, there's something about it that's so romantic and also kind of dark and... Yeah, the nostalgia doesn't feel trite. 
And obviously there are so many places that have been around since the early 1900s. They're still profiting off the fact that like Marilyn used to go there or Frank Sinatra used to go there. But for some reason, when you do visit these establishments, you don't feel like it doesn't feel lame. It feels very cool. And like you're a part of history, like Musso and Frank's, the famous uh, restaurant. They'll tell you, you know, that's Frank Sinatra's booth. And he used to lean over into the bar and pull out a bottle of whiskey and drink from the bottle and might be surrounded by mobsters. Who knows? Anything could happen. And it does make you feel like you're a part of that. You're a part yeah. of something bigger. I feel it big whenever I go to places like that, whether it's the Chateau or Musso and Frank's. I just think there's something there. So a lot of profiles are set at places like this. Musso's, the Chateau, you know, Beverly Hills Hotel. We've referenced a ton of them where it's like Rihanna is swatting into a cabana. But Kristen's like, we literally could not go to this somewhere like the Chateau because I would be looking over my shoulder the entire time. Instead, she takes Jonathan to a like dusty Mexican eatery, which is like an hour's drive from civilization. I guess it's like up in the Topanga Canyon mountains, oh, which I love that area too. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's the best. And she's like, this is about the only place that I feel like I still have an iota of invisibility in Los Angeles. And he writes her delicate, beautiful, refined features, losing all humor. Suddenly I prefer to keep it that way. It's almost like a threat. She's like, don't tell, don't tell anyone. anyone that I'm yeah. here. gatekeeping gatekeeping the spot and this becomes like a running theme throughout the profile i would say she's really grappling with the trappings of fame he describes her as paranoid like she looks up every time someone walks in and then basically she's been on this ride ever since it was announced in 2007 that she'd be taking on the role of of bella swan and since then he writes she has been watched trailed stalked chased hunted harangued Online, by paps, by fans, by haters, by sign-making prepubescent girls desperate to get their claws into Edward Cullen, the character played by her co-star Robert Pattinson, in LA, in Hollywood, in Britain, Scotland, while driving her grey mini in taxis at premieres while on holiday, working, not working, while she's sleeping in her dreams, in her nightmares, to say the success of the vampire franchise has turned Kristen's life upside down and inside out in ways both brilliant and also terrifying is the understatement of the century. But now, finally, just as it was this past summer for all those damn Potter kids... (laughs) It all ends. So we're catching her after she's filmed every scene for Breaking Dawn part one and part two. So she is done. The character of Bella Swan done her last bow. Exactly. So they obviously split up Breaking Dawn into two parts. This is promoting the first movie, Mm -hmm. the first of the Breaking Dawns. And the second one is coming. I think they only waited like six months. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting. I know. They should have really dragged that puppy out. Yeah. So he's kind of like, dude, are you are you relieved? Give it to me straight. And he writes, her tell is a wry smile, which then breaks out into a grin that you could park a canoe in. She goes, it's so rare in a career to feel like a chapter is closing, but there's something final about this. No more epic, iconic scenes. I don't know if you've seen her press conferences from that time or the Comic-Con appearances. Yeah, I have. What they all were subjected to, one in the questions, but also <laughs> but also having to go into such graphic just scenes. Like she has to describe the birth scene of Renesmee. This is a 22-year-old girl talking about birthing a vampire oh God, hybrid right. baby. I didn't even think about that. And then they have to talk about the first time 
Robert and Kristen have sex on screen, mm-hmm. which is culminates in the craziest sex you could imagine because it's <laughs> Bella's virginity, and he's a vampire who and he's a vampire like, can't control himself or like yeah, it's like, but it's finally yeah giving himself permission. But she gets pregnant on the first try. She has to talk about this all as if it's Faulkner, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as if it's literally like cinematic. Oh my god, canon. that's not easy. I feel like now we know how much they hated that. Like both of them, Robert and Kristen, like hated the press aspect of it. Robert is like, I've never. There are some interviews of him where I'm like, Oh my god, <laughs> like, oh my, he looks god. miserable. I mean, there's a famous interview where he says he's not paid enough. He admits that. You realize like how goofy and like strange and silly this man is. There's a great anecdote where I guess he was over intellectualizing the character of Edward Cullen (laughs) and just like not getting it. And his agent flew up to where they were filming. I think it's Seattle. They did film in Washington. And he's like, are you here to tell me I'm doing like an incredible job? And the agent's like, no, no, no. Like everyone thinks you're really bad and you're just not getting it. And he was like, okay, I'm studying again. I'm studying again. And then that is the character of Edward that we got. No way. Yeah. Just like someone being told to tone it down. Yeah. Like rein it in. Because he was doing like a very dark, like, don't look at me kind of vibe. Which obviously did also emerge within the final product. But stop. I know. That's so interesting. You know that you can rent Bella's house on Airbnb. Yes, it's the former Nike executive's house. Yeah, yeah, Whoa, yeah. Whoa, that's very Pacific Northwest very. culture. You were just there. You I know was. it better than anyone. I know. Yeah. Nike is alive and well. So basically, this movie has been, <laughs> he writes, a giant red button moment when cruel abstinence gives away to wanton abandonment when Bella and Edward get to do it in a waterfall. First up, there's the wedding. In Breaking Dawn, Kristen's character Bella Swan finally ties the knot with alpha vamp Edward. Next, the conception. One slow-mo, softly lit night of lovemaking with her immortal blood-sucking heartthrob. Bella falls pregnant with their half-human, half-vampire wolf cub child thing. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine writing this as a grown man. You feel absolutely ridiculous. She says, I was nervous for the wedding scene. When I looked at the set with the pews and the lights, I could see everyone was there in all their outfits and I cried. God, that fucking dress. I was stuck in that thing for a week. I could hardly move, but it felt incredibly ceremonial. It felt like a real wedding. Wait, what does her dress look like? I'm trying to remember. It's almost kind of Victorian, I think, if Mm. I remember correctly. It's definitely not. Right? It's very uh, Kate Middleton, actually. Yeah, very lacy. Long sleeve. Well, kind of... It's kind of gorgeous. No, it's actually more modern than I remember. Yeah. Oh, and it's got that lace insert at the back, like a low back. Wow. I can see you in this. But I have a summer wedding. Yeah. There are a lot of long sleeve dresses that I... Oh, wait. But then there's also this. What's this? Two dresses? Oh, no. Maybe that's a dream. Oh, oh There's oh. like a dream sequence. It's definitely not the Converse at the prom no. first movie. No. Which I it? famously wore Converse to my freshman year homecoming. 100% inspired by. Oh. White tube dress with... White tube dress? Yeah. With like rosettes all over it. And then black Converse. You were so far from other girls. I was nothing like other girls. No. Yeah. You are the only girl. I know. Trust me, you. And I you're know. still the only girl. I remember me. like making comments to friends in heels being like, I'm, I've just been comfortable all night. It's, I could keep going. I could keep. Yeah. I'll <laughs> dance all night. <laughs> it was um, the dance floor was above a go-kart track. It so was. were you like, I could hop in a little car and, and I think drive I did. away? I think I did. Oh, to be you. I know. Oh, if any of us could be as cool as you were in middle school. <laughs> 
okay so her wedding dress was kind of gorgeous happy for her really happy for her but he's completely right like this is a moment that everyone had been waiting for because there was so much sexual tension and he's like okay so did you know that this was gonna basically prompt a worldwide phenomenon when you took this on and she's like okay not until we got to comic-con in san diego in 2008 oh my god i can't imagine (laughs) it was the first piece of promotion for twilight and they had no expectations they were just like okay we're just like doing this fun little indie film and it turns out there were thousands and thousands of people there waiting for them that was the moment when they realized like how powerful this thing was going to be. Rob, Ashley Green, and Taylor Lautner looked at each other and were like, what the hell is going on? I must admit, I did watch this video. I'm trying to find the name of it so I can quote it correctly. Oh, I have it pulled up. Tell me. Can I read the name? Please. Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, all cute moments. It was 20 minutes of cute moments. Yeah. It was a lot of cute moments. Yeah. Most of those moments were people asking them how were the kisses. Like me and you, someone is pointing at my kiss and be like, what's it like to kiss each other? <laughs> and you have to be like, it's amazing, which is what she would end up saying. She was like, oh my God, it's the best. He's the best kisser. Rob said at a couple junkets, like, I kind of don't remember even though they were full on dating. Oh my God. Yeah. It was just like a really insane, incredibly thirsty time. There is one moment in that cute moments video where a fan, I had to leave the room. I sent this to Ivana with a timestamp and I said, when you watch this, I'm going to like exit the building. (laughs) This fan asked him a question at Comic-Con. Rob loved your back muscles in the trailer. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. I think she said on behalf of all of us or something to the effect of like, I think I speak for all of us when I say nom, 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 nom. And we're kind of saying it sterilized. Yeah. There was a lot more passion when she said it. It was a chomp. Yeah. (laughs) She chomped down on those noms. And I don't want to sound not like other girls in this statement, but I cannot relate to actually being that viscerally horny. Where I compare like a a man's body to food and I'm like, nom, 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 nom. That's a a rack of ribs. (laughs) I don't identify with it. Despite how much we talk about how writing is delicious on this podcast, I don't really like the like yummy, like, oh, he has such yummy muscles or like, like, nom, 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 nom. Like I'm, I'm good on all that. I don't know. Some of the pop culture jargon around the way that we describe men cringes me out a lot of the time like muscles has never been at the top of my no agenda. like a football player type oh no. i'm watching friday night lights so it's really top of mind except for tim, tim riggins who here we are again oh my what's God. wrong we, with i us? don't know this is the this is particularly relevant in this one yeah the I last guess ones right. it was hit or miss yeah i agree there was no reason for there us to no talk reason. like we talked but yeah i'm watching friday night lights for the first time and so i'm really i'm confronted with the football player type and just it's not something that I ever... No, the jock has never really done, no. it, done it for me. I walked right by him. I always love to smile, if I'm going to be quite honest with you. Yeah. A smile and a good head of hair. Yeah, me too. Yeah. No, those things those things get me... Yeah. It's, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what do they get Never you? mind. They get me happy. They get me feeling nice. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> let's return to the robot. Yeah, let's go so, back. 
So they're at Comic-Con. Yep. Jonathan writes that basically their hopes and fears post this Comic-Con appearance were soon to be realized. Twilight was destined to become a full-blown trans-global youth culture quake. I love culture quake. Me too. Such a cool term. Yeah. We should bring that back in some way. Definitely. And then he says that Kristen and British-born Robert Pattinson, who at the time had really just done old Harry Potter, Cedric Diggory, were at the center of this absolute shitstorm of publicity, not least due to the fact that they were in this are they, aren't they, like off-camera relationship, which they refuse to confirm. It's really interesting. I didn't realize that. So it was, was it ever confirmed? So I'm not sure. Jonathan says specifically, nothing gets movie executive foamier around the mouth than the prospect of cashing in on the young, easily influenced and truly obsessed guess he's implying here that the relationship would have done huge things for sales like had they come out and oh i'm sure it. i wonder if there was another part of it that because there were so many recesses of the internet that were quote-unquote robbed <laughs> oh if <laughs> that would have actually yeah if he would have felt less attainable if he had a girlfriend but the fact that it was the two protagonists together i think would have done wonders he says that guys for the studio were walking around with dollar signs in their eyes the deeper into the franchise the young stars were flung the bigger the twilight phenomenon ballooned i think she would have gotten a lot more hate if they had confirmed their relationship but it was so and this is what he brings up later and we'll get to it it was so it was such an open secret she admitted recently on a howard stern episode obviously now she's engaged to a woman a screenwriter that at the time she felt so self-conscious but particularly she felt attention seeking when it came to like revealing their relationship as if she was like asking for the press because usually i think relationships of that nature where it was the two stars of a franchise were total pr stunts yeah totally like okay the sydney sweeney glenn powell thing great example yeah what do you make of that okay I think it's just chemistry. Like, I think it's it's chemistry that's... But Sydney Sweeney's still engaged. Right. Exactly. I swear it was us talking about someone who was interviewed recently and who was like, yeah, of course everyone fucks. And then Not they were me. like... But totally unsurprising. Yeah. Someone who was like asked a question of like, well, you know, for the leads who are shooting and they're like, yeah, of course that happens. Like whether or not people are in relationships or not, like yeah. you're on set with this person and you're falling in love with them and it's really intense and yeah, yeah and of course that happens you're in remote locations you're in the pacific northwest or in glenn and sydney's case they're in australia yeah far away like their relationships feel very far away yeah there's a hot person like in front of you right now you're running lines with them mm-hmm. you're trying to build on-screen chemistry so yeah someone said that and then was like haha like that's all do you know what it is it's like summer camp effect yes it is it is it's in a vacuum you're in a vacuum where nothing exists but each other i still think about the man the 13 year old boy (laughs) who i went to christian youth camp with and it's like it's a moment in time you're so taken but you know that ultimately your lives are going to diverge yes what's so interesting about the movie making process is they do have this hot and heavy three months where they're supposed to be falling in love on screen. And then they go back to their regular lives and they then they reconvene for press. Yeah. And that, that's, that's really something, that's actually. That's something. Because then you have to relive all the moments, even though your life might have changed. Yeah. You might have met someone. And then suddenly, I guess you're on a tour with your ex fling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For hours on end, I mean, you interviewed Anna de Armas and Chris Evans together, who were rumored to have a fling, right? Really? Oh, I didn't know that. that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In your interview in particular, I remember it so clearly. (laughs) Um, 
she was very snappy she like, was she was getting kind of pissed off in yeah. a way that i don't think a co-worker who That's has true. that distance i mean they were an ensemble cast they weren't bella and edward there was many people she had this kind of snippy shut the fuck up chris type of energy in that interview yeah she did no she did and those junkets are hours long yeah, yeah. i actually really can't imagine what or you look at a Tom Holland and Zendaya. Yeah. Who are always like, there's always a check-in glance. Mm-hmm. There's always like a, a quick touch to the arm. Those are people that are happily dating. Yeah. And if you look at Rob and Kristen during this time, it's so hard to watch because they are physically like holding themselves back from any form of affection, which yeah. must be so tough. Like you're sitting within a foot of your partner arms folded like legs crossed and obviously you're talking back and forth about the romance within the role the chemistry your unique connection how it felt to shoot that love scene the kisses the kisses and you cannot even like laugh and reach over and touch their arm for fear that like the gossip mill is going to be like here you go i found it really sad because they spent so much time and energy just like trying to keep this a secret Well, it does feel like it all kind of comes back to that old Hollywood thing, like the idea of like starlets falling in love with each other. Like people went to the movies to see Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Like there were these matches that were like, oh, when they're together in real life or there's a romance and like a part of what audiences loved was seeing these people on screen and seeing their chemistry and then seeing pictures of them in Time magazine in their like big, beautiful house in the hills. Yeah. Or Brad and Angelina, a classic oh, example yeah. of like, would that movie had made the money it did? Without, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Without the entangled affair. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. People respond to it and they have responded to it for decades. Mm. And this in particular, the fact that they refuse to confirm their relationship for the entire length of the series and then afterwards i cannot believe that it literally drove people up the wall i'm sure i kind of actually you know what i loved this response so Mm -hmm. he's kind of asking her about the realities of dealing with these kind of fans and she goes i'm sure lots of people shy away from this question because they want to make it look like that 100 percent appreciative like so grateful all the time but she goes at the end of the day like people are fucking crazy (laughs) and i would have been very happy just working from job to job paying my rent one movie at a time i never wanted to be this famous i never imagined this life for myself which is like there couldn't be a more truer statement associated with kristen stewart she's not someone who you look at and think that girl was meant to have her name up in the stars no, and also it's clear that her taste is way more on the indie side. Her other movies, Personal Shopper, for instance, where like her performance was lauded, Adventureland, The Runaways. I'm trying to think of Spencer, the one that's like her most recent where yeah, she was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. It's very clear that she was never... She was never supposed to be in the blockbuster franchise. No, like not a Marvel princess by no. any means. You just see the way that she approaches Hollywood is from this very blue collar perspective of like, you get a job, it ends, you get another job. It also really feels like she has her feet on the ground in a way that 21 year old starlets don't always where she's not here talking about like the magic of like this once in a lifetime opportunity and has the perspective of like this was a job and I'm very grateful for what it did but I also wasn't expecting what it did totally yeah no this was never meant for them no god bless it's it's so much funnier that it was them this is my best Rob anecdote are you ready yeah I am hit me with it 
When he was on location, I think in Spain, somewhere in Europe, there was a girl who waited outside his apartment every single day, like morning and night. She knew he was there and waited like bated breath for him to come out and acknowledge her. Says to this girl, do you want to come to dinner with me? She goes to dinner with him. He talks about himself the entire time. He talks about like his problems, how he feels really lonely right now, isolated. It sounds like a normal dinner. I mean, <laughs> she never shows up again. Stop. He completely put her off. That's absolutely incredible. I can't believe it. Kristen speaks incredibly highly of him, which is so lovely. I mean, I feel like they're bonded forever. They went through this insane thing together and mm-hmm. both were like, what is going on? Like, she says now, it's still so foreign and bizarre to talk about their relationship because for so long she had to be so closed off when it came to anything rob personal life relationship and she's like i still have that kind of jump scare type reaction when anyone asks me about rob because it's like that was my life for such a long time is protecting this kind of sacred partnership yeah but yeah she's only 22 at this point and she she's already looking back on the success of twilight Uh, He asks, like, is there any advice you'd give yourself before Twilight was made? Good question. Great question. And she goes, genuinely don't worry about anything quite so much. Don't beat yourself up about those big scenes that don't belong to you. Things are going to be the way they're going to be. And the whole interview thing, talking to the world, it wasn't easy for me at first. You say things every day that are going to be forever. (laughs) (laughs) And they are about things in your life that matter the most. You're caught off guard. You react weirdly. You feel that people hate you. And sometimes people do hate you. And it's interesting because she's she's acknowledging at this point that she has been very awkward for a very long time like she's like that's why I look so uncomfortable in interviews at times I mean we've talked about hiding things I had to get much more adept at that sadly I do understand (laughs) I do understand I might okay have you been interviewed have I been interviewed yes yes on a podcast on a podcast yeah same with me on a podcast and like kind of by some journalism students it's so weird to be in that position even like recently, Chris has started asking me questions. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're together so often. Yeah. He works from home like two days out of the week and we live together and like we're together all the time. So we've run out like current events. We run out pretty quickly. He started to kind of like mix it up. And the questions I'm kind of like, where are these? What? Oh, my God. What is he asked? Oh, my God. So the other day he asked, what's the worst roommate story you have? What's the worst thing a roommate has ever done to you? And I was like, Jesus Christ, where are these questions? This was like in the dead of night. Like we've just turned off the TV, like lights out. And then he's just like, asking. I was just like where are these where are these conversation starters coming from? Do you have a little cue card sitting yeah. in the back? So it's just it's so sweet. interesting because these are the questions that they're getting on press conferences. They're literally getting asked any marshmallow in the world, what flavor? <laughs> the Demi Lovato question. Oh, describe your favorite dish. And she said a mug. I didn't know that. Yes, and she said a mug, and they meant you know, yeah, a, of a course, plate of a plate of food. Yeah, a mug. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. But it is such a foreign experience to be having a, a one-way conversation where you never turn the mic around and go, and what about you? How do you feel? It's literally just you finish speaking and then you wait for another question. That's the only time I'm really like, did I just talk for a very long time? And I yeah. can't tell. 
but mostly I'm just so militant about asking people questions. You are. You're, you are militant is the word. What happens to me is actually the opposite where we're leaving a gathering and friends have been like, well, we didn't hear a single thing about you. Yeah. You just asked us questions the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I try to I try to find a balance where I will volunteer information about myself here and there. <laughs> I think for, for you and I, we had to find a happy medium or I, I actually brought up. I want to transition our relationship from colleagues to friendship i know you said that to me you said it openly yeah because i was sick of like going to hang out with these coffees and lunches and just talking about work and what we were working on and then i was like i i want to make this very clear like i see you as a friend outside of this business yeah and i want to be able to go to the clear to the clear (laughs) i see you as a friend i see you as a friend i I simply do (laughs) yeah and it was the i think the first time i've actively said something like that to someone where it's like this is to me this is more than a working relationship just so you know yeah and i want to hear about your life especially like in this town i'm like thank god for you yeah you're one of the only people that i can like call and us both be silent on the phone or like yeah i'll call you to tell you one thing and then we'll just sit and then be like what are you eating? But no, I mean, this is the thing. Like Kristen is incredibly self-conscious and desperate to not, in her words, sound like a total douche. Mm-hmm. And she talks about her past projects. She says those roles are all just testament to the scripts I've been given. You would have to be a brick or a piece of wood to not be able to engage with some of that material. So she's super self Oh my God. Yeah, Humble queen. Humble queen. And he's like, it feels genuine. Like he's like, it doesn't feel self-deprecating because she's trying to seem likable. She just is this person. And she was like, I'm always slightly ashamed in a way about what I do. I'm slightly embarrassed as I've had such serious ambitions when I was younger. Hmm. So she's really, she's so conflicted. It's like, this isn't the way I thought it would go necessarily. Totally. But I'm grateful. But also it's like I had different ideas. And I think there's a realization in every kind of theater kid's life where you kind of come to that you're a bit of like a puppet in this scenario. Like Mm. everyone else is channeling their own creative vision through you. And you have a lot less control and freedom of expression than it looks like to the audience. Yeah. Whereas like she's got parents who are changing the words in the scripts. No, that's so true. And to be aware of that is huge because I think that the actors that everyone is like, they're a nightmare to work with are the ones that are like, it all starts and ends with me. Yes. Like I'm the reason we're all here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no. I mean, she does admit that she's a lot more pretentious about acting now than she (laughs) used to be. She used to just literally consider it lying for a living. Yeah. Basically, so she's like, some people are going to hate you. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of rounding it out. We're now. rounding it out. Yeah. And then he said, really? Like, you feel like journalists hated you? And she was like, the first time around, people was definitely aggressive with me. Like, she was like, it was a response to my energy because I could feel them thinking, come on, like, what's wrong with you? Play the game. But she's like, I didn't know how and I didn't know that I had to. And I also didn't want to. So she was like, I wasn't being defiant. I just wasn't prepared. Mm. And I think people responded to that in a negative way. She was like, I was caught off guard. And so like, that is the industry. It's like, okay, no, you have to be on. You have to be bubbly and fun. Otherwise people are going to be like, huh? Do you just not want to be here? Mm. And it's like, the reality is, I mean, they don't. But if you want to get the good press, you got to play the game. You know who didn't play the game with me? I'm going to name names. Yeah. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, Tom Holland for a junket interview. They both did? No. Tom Holland was a little sweetheart. Yeah. Of course. No no surprise there. And Chris Pratt, I mean, no surprise here because he doesn't seem like a nice man at all. No. I was at a junket and I was like, okay, like I have a, like 
fun questions for you guys because it was for a children's movie and there was like nothing else to do about it. Yeah, to say. And he literally rolled his eyes and groaned and was like, okay. And I was like, okay, we're off to a fabulous start. What was the question? I can't remember. Yeah, But I think I must have a video of it somewhere. It was like, I think it had to do with like, they were brothers. It came for me and I can't do the like truly cringe stuff. Like I, you know. Yeah. But there were some junkets where it just made more sense to like do a fun little trivia moment than interview them seriously about the animated film where the people were blue and like what am I gonna ask yeah the motivation yeah and he like rolled his eyes and was awful to me and I was like someone I've met who didn't play the game but in a lovely way like just didn't want to talk about the movie was Samuel L. Jackson oh no way at a junket no way he just wanted to talk to me about he had a daughter my age and only wanted to talk about like the realities of life for a girl at my age and how they don't want to pick up the phone when you call. (laughs) And like this is, and I was like, okay, but this is unusable. Like we've got to talk about the movie. We have to talk about the movie. Yes. No, those were the scariest because you have such a short amount of time. You're like, wait, I'll actually be in trouble though. If you don't say something about the movie. No, literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I know. The funniest thing for me is when you talk about actors who are in amazing shape and don't really want to acknowledge how they got there. Yeah. It's something I find fascinating. And this is not women. It's men. Well, I mean, because I feel like the answer is so often steroids. Don't you agree? Right. That is like huge. Oh my God. But even if they're on steroids, like I feel like they can be like, I, I work out five times a week. I do like strength training and then I do some cardio and blah, blah, blah. Like I've, I've interviewed actors where they said, I just like to mix it up. Oh, and I go, but what does that okay. mean? Because you're 42 and you have the body of a Greek god yeah. in their late teens. So can mm-hmm. you just explain to me like what's going on? Like yeah. what's the protein intake look like? You know, and that's always really baffled me. I I'm agree. like, pull back the curtain a Come little on, bit. Come on, show us. Yeah. Le- uh, you have someone that you've paid to help you. Help us. Yes. Help us. Yeah. And especially because I think body dysmorphia is as rampant among young men as it is women. I mean, especially the gays. And they're looking to these like figures as like, okay, how do I replicate that? How do I get as close to that as possible? And yet the reality is often like medication. Like none of these people are necessarily natural. No, or like insane, like Alexander Skarsgård before Tarzan. I think he was eating 7,000 calories a day and working out like three times a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, that's a full-time job. It is a full-time job. That's like no one in their life is able to. Oh, oh, Lily James in uh, the Pam Anderson she worked out for six months on that level to get really? those arms. I mean, the arms are The arms were amazing. shredding. Yeah, 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 she, yeah, she looked amazing. Yeah, but it is like that. I mean, she was really open and vulnerable about it. But it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. And it's interesting to hear Kristen here just being like, I didn't really, like, I planned to do these indie movies. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that this was going to be part of the deal. I didn't know that I was going to end up on a Comic-Con panel thousands and thousands of people yeah with fans being like what was it like to birth a hybrid vampire (laughs) baby and that is what she's getting asked he rounds out the profile with this she laughs lights a parliament light breathes out looks more composed content and less hidden than she has the whole afternoon how's she feeling i'm a 21 year old what Oh my God, I've misled you this whole profile. No. I said she, I said she was 22. She wasn't. She's 21. Oh no, I thought you said 21. We, no, we said 21. No, I haven't. No, oh my God. I didn't. I got it wrong. Okay. Can I revisit? Yeah. I'm a 21-year-old woman having a beer with GQ. I've arrived. Fab. Fab. Fabulous. She ends 
a blockbuster franchise and this huge profile, which she looks beautiful. Oh my God. I have chills. Evan is showing her. I have chilled forearms. <laughs> and this beautiful kind of profile and shoot where she looks gorgeous, by the way. She's like pale with red lips and oh, old Hollywood glamour. It really is. And she says, I'm a 21-year-old woman having a beer with GQ. I've arrived. I can't imagine. So a month after this profile was published, photos emerged of her having an affair with her Snow White and the Huntsman director, Rupert Sanders, who was married at the time. <gasps> he was also 41, so 20 years older. And she was, at this point, pretty publicly in a relationship with Robert Pattinson. We skipped over it a little bit, but she did say earlier in the profile, like, what is she so afraid of when it comes to coming out about Rob? Because the bride is like, what do you mean? Like, it's everywhere. And she goes, I'm selfish. I'm like, that's mine. I like to keep whatever is mine remaining that way. It's a funny little game and it's a slippery slope. I always say to myself, I'm never going to give everything away because there's never any point or benefit to me. But she's right. She's yeah. right. No, she's right. But she ended up cheating on Rob with this guy. It was huge news, huge news, because obviously everyone had been deliberating on the status of their relationship for literally the past like three years. And they had been dating that entire time. Oh, my God. Donald Trump, the recently arraigned man. <laughs> yeah. Bye, bitch. Former president tweeted about it 11 times. No. He wrote, Robert Pattinson should not take back Kristen Stewart. She cheated on him like a dog and will do it again. Just watch. He can do so much better. So, oh my God. That all went unaddressed. Reaching Trump's hands. Like, yes. She publicly apologized. She said, I'm deeply sorry for the hurt and embarrassment (gasps) I've caused to those close to me and everyone this has affected. This momentary indiscretion has jeopardized the most important thing in my life, the person I love and respect the most, Rob. I love him. I love him. I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Yeah. This was was a big deal. Yep. I don't remember this at all. all, I am shaken to my core. It all happened the year of this profile. They got back together, broke up again but it went unaddressed until 2017 when she hosted saturday night live and in her opening monologue she recounted all the times that donald tweeted about her because obviously (laughs) he's president at this point and says and donald if you don't like me then you're probably not gonna like me now because i'm hosting snl and i'm like so gay dude whoa and that was kind of her official coming out like she had been seeing stella maxwell i think at this point yeah i think everyone has assumed she was possibly bisexual Mm -hmm. and maybe she still identifies as that i don't know but she seems to be very like i'm i'm gay i mean Mm -hmm. she says it here and then in a recent vanity fair profile i think this was from 2022 she talks about the fact that she's she's actually not rebellious in the slightest and it's all a misinterpretation and projection of her from this period because she was so awkward and uncomfortable in interviews (laughs) and obviously she cheated but she said you know i'm not a contrarian i just want people to like me and is currently working on a stoner girl comedy with her fiance dylan meyer who is another Nepo oh, really? beneficiary. Yeah, Ooh. she she's the daughter of an Oscar-nominated screenwriter, Nicholas Meyer. Oh, okay. So that is that's where Kristen's at right now. You know, Cute. she does admit that like the older she gets, and this felt really real to me. She is kind of less comfortable with the idea of giving her whole self to something. She's like, there are certain actors who are out of their minds and so transient. <laughs> <laughs> so transient in their presence that they can actually convince themselves and others of anything and she's like i have a harder time doing that as i get older 
that's actually the main critique I've heard of people that I know that don't like her or don't like her acting. Like, not that they don't like her as a person, but they're like, I don't like have a chase for her on screen. It's that it's always clear that it's her. Yeah. That it's like she, unlike, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like what the other example would be of people that disappear into their roles completely and you like yeah, can't even like find a, them. Yeah, Daniel Day Lois type. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she disappeared a lot into Princess Diana. Yeah. But I was really impressed. With Spencer? Yeah. But you could also argue that Diana was very much like Kristen in, mm-hmm. a, in a way. Like the especially in mannerisms, right? The head was always kind of bowed. There did seem to be a lot of crossover there. I think just from a costuming perspective, it really came together yeah. in Spencer. Yeah. But you definitely see a lot of Kristen in all of her roles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I think that's what she brings. Like, yeah. Wow. Here we are on the other side of it. I know. We've gone back to our middle school days and we've emerged. Adults. Yeah. <laughs> Going through second puberty. We've arrived. We've arrived. How do you feel? I don't know. Emotional. Yeah. I feel emotional it, right now. It feels <laughs> important to have revisited this period of our lives i feel like i understand her more also through this profile well how do you feel yeah i feel like even her journey i mean this is this profile is so intrinsically entwined with her personal life and to see the the journey she's been on romantically right and accepting her identity it feels very much like then and now i mean i've just watched so many interviews with her now and she talks about things like how terrified of body here she used to be because she grew up in like American pie like raunch culture mm-hmm. and she, I mean she's 33 it feels like a real self-acceptance that a lot of that generation which is you know not that much older than us has had to go through I mean they're all the same age look at it like Taylor Swift the weekend all these people that we've done recently are mm-hmm. pretty much exactly the same age oh my god yeah you're right also seeing my sister has seen all her friends now get married and kind of have children and settle. And she's like, I refuse. I'm not settling. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just an interesting time to be this age because I think it's the first time we've really diverged in terms of what the traditional model of adulthood looks like. Mm-hmm. And Kristen is a testament to that. I would say Taylor is a testament to that ending her long-term relationship just before 33. Also the the sexuality conversation of Kristen being openly gay. We've just seen a massive shift in culture and what we think of when we think of women at this point in time. Mm-hmm. She's on the precipice of something here, obviously. Like she's she's going through something. But it's just exciting to see how all these people who we grew up with have grown up. I agree. And the things we may have missed while we were growing up with them. It's like when I was 14, 21 seemed like a completely different universe to me. Yeah. And so grown and so grown up. But And I don't know if today's youth or teens relate to this in the same way. Like the pressure that we put on ourselves because we saw such a mediated view of femininity all women kind of looked the same, more or less. Because we were on the tail end of the American Pie kind of era. Mm-hmm, the Entourage era. The Entourage era, for sure. You know, where, like, a hot girl walks across screen, no butt, because no, they're so skinny. Yeah. And the guys are like, check out the caboose on that one. And it's like, <laughs> what caboose? They were so slim. They were I so know. thin. I remember this era, and I think that we have made, like, leaps and bounds, and in a lot of ways, in terms of, what womanhood looks like yeah i agree i agree there are many more boxes now than there were of just like the one box of like this is what it means to be beautiful 
this is what you should aspire to. Now yes. there are many more things to aspire to. The height of rebellion was Chucks with a prom dress. Yes, exactly. That was like as far as That's, you could yeah, go. Pushing the boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, let's tie up our little Converse Chucks and be on our way. <laughs> <laughs> let's roll an apple up our legs and put it in the palm of our hands and take a bite. <laughs> No, I this was this was good. It was. It was good to see you, Loka. <laughs> it's always great to hang out with my Loka. I know. I know. I'll catch you at the club yeah. soon to see if you can afford a little dance. I can. I can always afford a dance. I can always afford a dance <laughs> on the town. Thank you. Love you. Like, rate, subscribe. Yes. I think we, this should also be a more specific directive as to how to to rate and review. Because I know that everyone's like, how do I literally do it? On Spotify, it is just under our title. It's super, super easy. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which is where you actually get to write a review, you just scroll down to the bottom of our episodes, Mm -hmm. click write a review, click the little five-star rating. (laughs) Please. Please. (laughs) And then just say, you know, I I love these gals. I love the gals. It can be easy breezy. You could just post your favorite song lyrics. You can do whatever you want. Supermassive Black Hole, Claire de Lune. Yeah. We'll play it on our way out. We love you. Thank you. See you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.